Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company in our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mystery the Man Who Was Lost by Jacques Futrell Read by Perry F. Bruns Part 3 Still unconscious, the man of mystery was removed to the home of the thinking machine and there stretched out on a sofa. The thinking machine was bending over him, this time in his capacity of physician, making an examination. Hatch stood by, looking on curiously. I never saw anything like it, Hatch remarked. He just threw up his hands and collapsed. He hasn't been conscious since. It may be when he comes to, he will have recovered his memory. And in that event, he will have absolutely no recollection whatever of you and me, explained the thinking machine. Doan moved a little at last and under a stimulant the color began to creep back into his pallid face. 
Just what was said, Mr. Hatch, before he collapsed? Asked the scientist. Hatch explained, repeating the conversation as he remembered it. Ah, he said, sell, mused the thinking machine. In other words, he thinks, or imagines he knows, that copper is about to drop. I believe the first remark he heard was that copper had gone to smash. Down, I presume that means? Yes, the reporter replied. Half an hour later, John Doane sat up on the couch and looked about the room. Ah, Professor, he remarked. I fainted, didn't I? The thinking machine was disappointed, because his patient had not recovered memory with consciousness. The remark showed that he was still in the same mental condition, the man who was lost. Sell copper! Sell, sell, sell! repeated the thinking machine commandingly. Yes, yes, sell, was the reply. The reflection of some great mental struggle was on Doan's face. He was seeking to recall something which persistently eluded him. Copper, copper, the scientist repeated, and he exhibited a penny. Yes, copper, said Doan. I know, a penny. Why did you say sell copper? I don't know, was the weary reply. It seemed to be an unconscious act entirely. I don't know. He clasped and unclasped his hands nervously and sat for a long time dully staring at the floor. The fight for memory was a dramatic one. It seemed to me... Don't explained after a while, that the word copper touched some responsive chord in my memory. Then it was lost again. Sometime in the past, I think, I must have had something to do with copper. Yes, said the thinking machine, and he rubbed his slender fingers briskly. Now you are coming around again. His remarks were interrupted by the appearance of Martha at the door with a telegram. The thinking machine opened it hastily. What he saw perplexed him again. "'Dear me! Most extraordinary!' he exclaimed. "'What is it?' asked Hatch curiously. The scientist turned to Doan again. "'Do you happen to remember Preston Bell?' he demanded emphasizing the name explosively. Preston Bell, the other repeated, and again the mental struggle was apparent on his face. Preston Bell, cashier of the Blank National Bank of Butte, Montana, urged the other, still in an emphatic tone. Cashier Bell? He leaned forward eagerly and watched the face of his patient. Hatch unconsciously did the same. Once there was almost realization, and seeing it, the thinking machine sought to bring back full memory. Bell, cashier, copper, he repeated, time after time. The flash of realization which had been on Doan's face passed, and there came infinite weariness, the weariness of one who is ill. I don't remember, he said at last. 
I'm very tired. Stretch out there on the couch and go to sleep, advised the thinking machine, and he arose to arrange a pillow. Sleep will do you more good than anything else right now. But before you lie down, let me have, please, a few of those hundred-dollar bills you found. Doan extended the roll of money, and then slept like a child. It was uncanny to Hatch, who had been a deeply interested spectator. The thinking machine ran over the bills and finally selected fifteen of them, bills that were new and crisp. They were of an issue by the Blank National Bank of Butte, Montana. The thinking machine stared at the money closely, then handed it to Hatch. Does that look counterfeit to you? he asked. Counterfeit? gasped Hatch. Counterfeit? he repeated. He took the bills and examined them. So far as I can see, they seem to be good, he went on. Though I have never had enough experience with $100 bills to qualify as an expert. Do you know an expert? Yes. See him immediately. Take 15 bills and ask him to pass on them, each and every one. Tell him you have reason, excellent reason, to believe that they are counterfeit. When he gives his opinion, come back to me. Then the thinking machine wrote another telegram. Addressed to President Bell, cashier of the Butte Bank. It was as follows. Please send me full details of the manner in which money previously described was lost, with names of all persons who might have had knowledge of the matter. Highly important to your bank and to justice. We'll communicate in detail on receipt of your answer. Then, while his visitor slept, the thinking machine quietly removed his shoes and examined them. He found, almost worn away, the name of the maker. This was subjected to close scrutiny under the magnifying glass, after which the thinking machine arose with a perceptible expression of relief on his face. Why didn't I think of that before? he demanded of himself. Then other telegrams went into the West. One was to a customs shoemaker in Denver, Colorado. To what financier or banker have you sold within three months a pair of shoes, Senate brand, calfskin blucher, number eight, D last? Do you know John Doan? A second telegram went to the chief of police of Denver. It was... Please wire if any financier, banker, or businessman has been out of your city for five weeks or more, presumably on business trip. Do you know John Doan? Then the thinking machine sat down to wait. At last, the doorbell rang, and Hatch entered. Well? demanded the scientist impatiently. The expert declares those are not counterfeit, said Hatch. Now the thinking machine was surprised. It was shown clearly by the quick lifting of the eyebrows, by the sudden snap of his jaws, by a quick forward movement of the yellow head. Well, 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 he exclaimed at last. Then again, well, well. What is it? See here. And the thinking machine took the hundred-dollar bills in his own hands. 
These bills, perfectly new and crisp, were issued by the Blank National Bank of Butte, and the fact that they are in proper sequence would indicate they were issued to one individual at the same time, probably recently. There can be no doubt of that. The numbers run from 846-380 to 846-395, all Series B. I see, said Hatch. Now read that. And the scientist extended to the reporter the telegram Martha had brought in just before Hatch had gone away. Series B, $100 bills, 846-380 to 846-395, issued by this bank, are not in existence. Were destroyed by fire, together with 27 others of the same series. Government has been asked to grant permission to reissue these numbers. Preston Bell, cashier. The reporter looked up with a question in his eyes. It means, said the thinking machine, that this man is either a thief or the victim of some sort of financial jugglery. In that case, is he what he pretends to be? A man who doesn't know himself? asked the reporter. That remains to be seen. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM. C-A-L-M for $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.